0: Support for this podcast comes from Vasant TV. Catch Vasant TV's Sangita Swarangal every day at 5:30 PM from 17th December. Welcome to In Concert, the Hindu's podcast on the performing arts. To round off our Margari season episodes, we are happy to welcome today one of Carnatic Music's rising stars who has made waves this season and will be a fixture for many seasons to come. Ramakrishnan Murthy speaks to us about his early years of instruction, his journey so far and his philosophy in music. Let's start a little bit with your musical journey. Um, you've been on the circuit for a while now. As I mentioned, you're now getting more recognition, more people are talking about your music. Let's go a little bit back to the start. How did it all start for you? Uh, where did you start learning music?
1: Uh, I started learning music when I was seven years old from, uh, from uh, Padma Kutti, Srimati Padma Kutti in Irvine, uh, California, where my family uh, was living and continues to live. Uh, and uh, i uh, initially started learning on the insistence of my mother right uh, i didn't have any uh, you know natural inclination towards music or anything like that my mus- my family is not a musical family uh, i really can't even call them connoisseurs uh, the few that do listen to classical music are very casual uh, rasikas uh so it was because my mother wanted m- uh, my sister and i to have some cultural connection living abroad back you know back with our roots yeah um so i, s- I started learning on her insistence and i, d- I gradually developed an interest uh, i was fortunate to have a teacher who was very strict and demanding and uh, you know made us practice and and held us accountable for uh, you know for our performance and and our uh, and she really built up a work ethic you know Plus, at home, my mom was also, you know, quite strict. She made us practice, and, you know, for me, as I kept practicing, you know, I developed a, an interest, and, in, you know, an interest became a passion. And then, uh, fate had it that, you know, my passion became my profession as well. Um, in two thousand one, uh, I started taking advanced lessons from Delhi P. Sumantharajan sir, who's a very acclaimed violin one. and I have been learning from him. Till date, um, I have also had the privilege of learning, you know, uh, you know, enhancing my repertoire of compositions from many great teachers. Um, in two thousand eleven, uh, I came under the guidance of Sri Arke Ram Kumar, another very acclaimed violin vidwan, and uh, I took further training from him, and uh, that's been my you know journey of learning music so far. So. To this day, I continue learning from both of them.
0: Right. I think it's really fascinating that you learned from two violin with ones. We'll talk about that. But sort of let's track back a little bit and I want to ask you, look, a lot of kids learn music and then they sort of, they don't have that much of an interest in it and it sort of fades out. Was there a moment for you when you were practicing where you sort of thought, okay, this is what I want to do? Was there something you heard, something you... Minus to execute to perfection
1: uh, I think uh, You know how they say Like a village You know Raises the child mm. And I was fortunate To live in an atmosphere In which Many of my friends And many of my friends' parents Took music very seriously I see This was a culture That was fostered by my teacher mm. Padma Uh And our lives Our social, social lives Kind of revolved around music And you know Surrounding activities uh, So that environment Really fostered my my growth and my interest, uh, and uh, you know, for me, beyond a point, it was actually everything else other than music that started to take a backseat eventually,
0: mm. because my
1: interest was so uh, uh, all-encompassing that even schoolwork and stuff, you know, I started, you know, thinking that everything else other than music was kind of like a waste of my time. I had no interest in it. So right, uh, that but that was just you know my my journey. I guess you know I uh, I can't say the same. You know, the, it's, it's not as if, you know, every other kid felt the same way. It was just me and my personal...
0: Mm. So you had other and friends, other peers... Who oh, who are
1: very friends. highly talented, highly talented. Who, some, of, some of whom are still performing today in the season. Right. Uh, we all grew up together. And they are also very, very uh, good artists, you know. Uh, but for me, I mean, uh, my interest in everything else, as, as I said, kind of waned. Mm. And as soon as I finished my college education in the US, I moved here. Not with the intent of taking music as my profession, so to say.
0: I see.
1: But I came here just to be closer to the music and to engage with it more. Okay. And it just happened that I suppose it was fate uh, or, you know, blessings from the Almighty, you know, that uh, I was able to make this my full time vocation, my full time. uh, Okay. Thank you.
0: So when you say your peers, is there like a batch of. Uh, students from where you grew up Oh now, yes Who are now Oh yes. Oh, yes, yes oh really yes, so, yes, yes. So that, uh, First and foremost yeah.
1: Sandeep Narayanan You know okay. He's a well-known name Now uh, He He's uh, He didn't learn From the same guru As mm-hmm. I did He learned from his mother Right uh, Who's also a very Notable teacher In, in our area In Southern California mm-hmm. uh, He's of course You know About You know Four to five Maybe six years My senior Okay but our community that we grew up in, uh, you know, I can I can name names, you know, Arun Ramamurthy, Anirudh Venkatesh, Shiva Ramamurthy, Vani Ramamurthy, mm-hmm. uh, and so many uh, other people, you know, who are still performing today here in Chennai. You can you can you know go see their concerts. We all grew up together. We learned from the same teacher. Okay. Uh, so that community really, really, really uh, was beneficial in to all of us in our growth.
0: Okay, I didn't, I didn't really know that about uh, that part of Southern California.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right,
0: but let's talk about your. So after you come to Madras, you moved to Madras after college. Yes, 2011. And um, you had a, you had a, you had instruction back in the states. And yes, then you, yes, yes. you found a new guru here.
1: Uh, so my guru, Delhi Sundar Rajan sir, was uh, uh, he was you know in the midst of his uh, the peak of his career, you mm-hmm. know, as a as a as a violinist. Um, and at that time, he was coming to the U.S. very often on concert tours. Okay. Uh, and, um, you know, on, a, on another friend's parents' insistence, he stayed back in the U.S. to uh, to teach some students. And I ended up joining him, actually, to learn violin.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but, um, you know, I, I was just starting off learning violin. And I was uh, kind of past the initial stages in vocal. Okay. So it was really hard for me to go back to the basics and, you know, have the patience to work at, work on it from, the you know, from the rudimentary aspects. Okay. So uh, I actually kind of informally heard him sing one day and I just, you know, I just kind of went up to him and said, can you please teach me vocal music? And he said, okay. So that's how it started. So I actually stopped violin uh, okay. and I just continued vocal music with him.
0: So you were not always practicing vocal. Was there a no 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 like no no
1: no no? I was always learning vocal. Okay, okay. But my parents in the middle, they wanted me to learn violin so that I could adjust better and keep oh, in touch with music when my voice
0: okay, okay broke. Right? Yeah.
1: That was the intention of my learning violin. Okay. So they wanted me to continue with Sundarajan sir learning the violin. Right.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Uh, but I didn't have the patience to practice the violin. You know, from an earlier stage. Uh, From the rudimentary uh, uh, aspects of music like I told you Mm. Because I was already a little bit more advanced in vocal So my expectation for the violin was to be able to produce everything that I could sing Which is obviously not possible because you're learning an instrument from scratch Mm, but right?
0: was this also part of a plan? I mean, some of the great musicians, you know, they understand gamakam better because they know violin and veena. Right, so. but my
1: intro to violin was a lot later than my intro to vocal. Okay, it's easier okay. if you start learning both at the same time, right? Okay, so that's how yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's how it
0: happens. Yeah. So
1: I mean, to get I am more specific. I was already singing varnams and kritis in vocal, mm. but I was still at Sarali Varsay in violin. Okay. So it's hard to go back to you know Sareliwarsa and all that when you're.
0: When you're when you're, when, when you're yeah, you're
1: a little bit more advanced in vocals. That was my my problem. I, I couldn't really have the, um, you know muster the discipline to practice from the beginning again.
0: Okay, yeah. so so your violin guru then actually became your vocal teacher.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. My first violin guru was, as I told you, my Padma Kuti uh, auntie's son. Right. He's the one who started uh, teaching violin to me. Mm, mm. And I uh, and I, the intention was to continue with Sundar Rajan, sir. Mm. Within one month, I quit the violin and I just focused completely on vocal music with him.
0: Okay. And had he, had he trained anybody in vocal before?
1: Yes, he has many many, many, many people, many people. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's... Uh, see, both my gurus are actually like professional violinists, but they have been trained in vocal music as well. Mm. So, the kind of the public recognizes them as, you know, viol- violin, violin with ones, but they have been trained in vocal music as well.
0: Okay. And did you... So were you were you happy with that instruction? Did you ever think that you needed to be trained more in class in the classical vocal style? Uh,
1: no, because uh, because though they were violinists, uh, see, there's a vocal bani and there's a violin bani. Yeah. And uh, I think both are independent. Mm. So despite me learning from people who who are known as violinists, mm. I learned only the vocal bani from both of them. Okay.
0: Okay. Right. So. Right, then let's talk a little bit about how you first started performing on stage. Was that, I mean, I, I assume that happened. Uh, so, in yes, the US my debut well. was
1: in 2003, yeah. January, at uh, my teacher's insistence, mm-hmm. uh, Padma Auntie's insistence. I, it was just a small, very informal gathering in a house. Mm. And um, I, I remember um, it, it went on well, you know, and. Uh, from that, I I developed I developed an interest for performing as well, you know. Seeing, I guess, as a little kid, you're always happy when people clap. Yeah. Uh, I guess you know. But I mean, but I mean, I I so that that gave me motivation to further pursue it, and uh, I realized that I enjoyed getting on stage, enjoyed performing, um, and gradually it happened more and more often. Uh, from 2005 6 onwards i started coming regularly to india twice a year um you know b- prior to that i was coming only once a year in the summer vacation mm. you know to to learn more um but starting from 2005 2006 i used to come twice a year uh both in my summer vacations and in december to perform and uh, that was that kept going on till 2011 as i told you you know when i when i decided to move here full time
0: okay and what's been your equation, what's been your relationship with the December season? We are in December now, so...
1: Uh, it's been pretty amazing. Mm. I guess that's the only way I could describe it. Uh, because, first of all, I never thought I would be here. Okay. Uh, you know, coming from the background that I come from, to be a professional musician was like a far-fetched dream. Mm. Um But uh, it has been unbelievable, you know, you know, despite, you know, whatever they say about the the politics and, you know, the uh, whatever negatives that that they associate with the music field, I have somehow, uh, you know, not had to experience a lot of it. it. It's extremely fortuitous. I've been very, very lucky and very, very blessed. Um the kind of support i've received from people in all spheres you know no matter how they engage with the art form and the and the profession be it artists you know be it you know artists who are who are, who are much more senior than i am in age and experience be it my my co-artists you know my friends my colleagues be it rasikas be it uh, you know the sabha patrons the sabha organizers I have experienced so much support from all of them, and I, I, I never had to ask for any of it. It, it has been uh, completely organic, and for that, I have really no words to express my gratitude for such support.
0: So you think there are good chances, good opportunities for up-and-coming musicians?
1: Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, mm. undoubtedly. Um, But whether it happens to everyone Or not It's a game of chance Right I would have to say Mm. I have been extremely fortunate And I'm thankful for that But And you know I would like to think that uh, People saw something in me People continue to see something in me For Again, for which I'm very thankful for because it's not, no matter how hard you work and, uh, you know, how well you sing or how well you perform, it's not a given that, you know, you'll be recognized or you'll be, you know, given what you think is, what, what you think is fair.
0: Given your due, yeah.
1: Yes. Um, and I feel that I have gotten much more than I could have ever dreamed for, dreamed about. So, you know, I'm, And I'm I'm just very thankful. But like I said, whether or not this happens to everybody who aspires to be a musician, Mm. who aspires to be a professional, we don't know. It's still still dicey. I'll tell you why. mm. It's because this is an art. Right. Now, how do we measure whether art is good or bad? There's no measure. Yeah. It's just, it's just opinion. Mm. It's just public opinion. And uh, because there is no measure to uh, kind of, uh, there's no objective measure, right? There's no stats here, you know. There's no objective measure to, uh, you know, to judge what is good and bad. It's completely up in the air. If people like you, you're good. If people don't like you, what determines what? What determines you know what you need for people to like you? It's hard to say.
0: Okay, so in a sense, here during some of your first performances, you struck a chord with audiences. And I mean, uh, I guess I must have I Right, mean, so, so, you know, it's, yeah. so it's that element of chance
1: yeah. Yes, yes uh, But even that, even if you connect well Who's to say that you need to get So much support from so many people Because obviously that is something that is needed For you to rise in the profession And, mm. and for you to make the profession sustainable mm, mm, right? Mm. right So the things you can't expect, you can't count on All you can do is just focus on your art And work hard That's all you can do And for some people It works out Right. And those people are blessed.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the art now. How, since you started performing, okay, I assume let's not go back that far, but over the past five, six years, let's say, what's been the biggest improvement that you see in your musical style?
1: Uh, (laughs) That's a hard question.
0: Um... Let's talk a little bit about how you think your voice has evolved, firstly, let's say.
1: Uh, Yes, that's a great question because I can actually say that in the past 2-3 years, I have been seeing a voice therapist who has really opened my eyes to what it means to take care of your voice, what it means to lead a lifestyle that is conducive to protecting your voice, uh, you know, what it means to pursue your profession in a way that ensures quality and longevity. Uh, You know, despite this, despite seeing Dr. Shamla Vinod, who is my voice therapist, okay changed my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still face difficulties with my voice now and then. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say that, uh, you know, with an increased knowledge of what it takes to maintain your voice, um, that mindfulness helps me deal with challenges in a better way. Um, So overall, yes, the quality of my voice has definitely improved. But also my mindset and my mental, uh, you know, outlook, mm. um, has helped me deal with the challenges of my voice better. Also,
0: okay. And to illustrate, was are there any compositions, any kind of ragas that you struggled to execute earlier that you now feel more comfortable with? I
1: don't think it. Uh, it's it's like you know this raga is easier, this raga is harder, something like that. Mm. I think, in general, the way I'm 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 able to express my musical ideas has improved because of my because of my confidence in my own voice. Mm,
0: mm, That's mm, how I would mm.
1: describe it. And stylistically? Uh, stylistically, I think um, what I just said about you know being able to you know when you are when you have more confidence in your voice and you're able to express what you want to mm. express in an easier way and you feel more comfortable doing it. I think automatically your sense of uh, musicality also improves. Right. And and more than anything, you feel more free. And that freedom uh, translates into a better musical output.
0: Okay. And if there was a snippet of something that we were to play with this podcast, maybe it's something that you want to sing a little bit now or something that we can fish out from one of your recordings what would you sort of pick at this moment to reflect your where you are in your musical journey something that sort of illustrates what you can execute how stylistically you've advanced
1: um i don't know if you can point to a certain recording and say that mm. uh, you know you know this indicates a better uh, like a voice throw or some whatever technical term you want to use um because no i technical. think i think what what comes out on stage mm. is not only you know uh technical and physical in terms of what you're able to produce with the voice mm. it also has to do with experience mm. and how your musical experience and how your um you know approach to music uh, has matured over the years right so you know just because i have the ability to do certain things with my voice mm. You know, just putting them all out there doesn't equate to a great doesn't necessarily equate to a great musical experience. You know, it is about it is about your own discretion about what to sing where. Right. Right. What you think is the most meaningful phrase to sing at that particular moment. How how
0: frequently and how often do you engage with technology and how often, or let's say, to what degree do you use that to engage with your fans, engage with the larger um, fan base of Carnatic music I
1: think in this day and age it's vital mm. it's vital because everybody has a social media presence mm. and uh, you know that uh, it's important you know for because people want to have a connection to you at all times mm. you know if you are somebody who demands a certain portion of you know of um, thought space in the public you know people want to have that tangible connection with you and the online platform is obviously the best way to do that So I think it's vital for artists to interact with their audience. The next thing is a big fool.
0: With your fans, or with other people in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, many ways to do it, I guess. I, I mean, one, the most obvious thing is, you know, posting about my concert schedules, mm. so you know, so that people could can know, you know, when when I'm singing. With um, uh, another thing that I like to do is, sometimes I like to share, you know, what I've performed at a certain concert. You know that the compositions that I've handled, the handler, ragas that I've handled. Another thing is uh, I like to, you know, post about people in my life. Okay. Like in my like my gurus, you know, my students. Uh, in fact, actually, a lot of my students are into art. Okay. Into, into painting and uh, um, so I like to, uh, you know, uh, talk about those things. Uh, recent to give you a specific example, example, recently I did a collaboration with a painter. Okay. Uh, in which he, uh, in fact, the in, I mean, the inspiration for his works were actually compositions. Okay. So I sang the compositions, and he explained how he has visually portrayed them. So I shared a bit about his paintings on on my on my social media. Uh, another thing that I like to do recently is you know writing, you know uh, about my thoughts about various things. Um, so, that is something that I enjoy and I've been encouraged by the response that people have given me for my writing. So, that's another way that I engage.
0: Okay. So, let's um, let's move a little bit now to the, at least what I consider the meteor part of the interview. Okay. As a young artist coming up through, the, in this canon of music that has such a long history, what do you see as your or do you see an obligation to keep it to connect with contemporary audiences do you do you see have you thought about how you can change it change your own structure of concerts bring in more elements to it that are not that keep with the classical ca- canon but also incorporate new elements
1: see i think um in our art form um through time mm. There have been some organic changes That have come to the way We present our concerts And present our art Yeah Because ultimately You know We are part of society And we are just an extension of society So the music in us Is just a reflection of our own personalities mm. So you, really, it's like kind of a chain We are part of society Music comes from us Who is a part of society So ultimately the music also reflects society Right So and uh, it's It's something that we it's what we have to offer to society but it's a reflection of society itself mm. so these these changes in the music and changes in the presentation of the music they come organically with the passage of time now what i think about the art form is is that it's pretty all encompassing okay you know what art is it's just an expression of emotion mm. and i think if we stick on to the tenets of our art form these changes will happen on its own. We don't we don't really have to go hunting for to do things differently to mm. to capture new audiences. I think it'll happen on its own. See the, the fact that you know, like our uh, past masters, they didn't have something like social media to interact with all their rasikas and things like that. True. That is something that has happened on its own, mm. and that itself leads to many people being more interested in the classical arts. You know, because you know, obviously, the people that are handling social media are quite young. Yeah. Right. Mm. And people who have caught on with the digital age that we are in, now that itself makes something that could be considered archaic, like our art, our traditional art form, and kind of makes it cool because we're engaged in the same platform that anybody else engages in. So isn't that enough to engage engage with uh, uh, you know contemporary audiences or whatever? True, uh,
0: but let's leave the contemporary audiences aside. Just in general, for somebody like you who's coming up and you there's this let's talk for instance about the concert format mm. there's a concert format that well it was it went through a significant change with um ayangar let's say the modern concert mm. concert format mm. um, and that's largely the kind of formula that most artists use yeah um, how do you see do you see potential to you know as you're going forward you have many years left in your career do you see potential to sort of uh, see I think I voice. think
1: I think uh it's a question of individual choice. Mm. In order to do something effectively, you have to see value in it. Mm. Right? Now this has been a, a format, you know, with obviously minor changes depending on depending on the individuality of the artist mm. and depending on how time has changed. You know, they used to sing concerts for four hours. Now the duration has reduced a bit to yeah. two and a half hours or so. But still, that format, you know, with the exception of minor changes and alterations to suit the modern requirements and to suit each particular artist's, you know, preferences and uh, individualistic approach, it has stood the test of time.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: What one person developed for his or her own um, benefit, to suit his or her own audience's preferences, mm. to keep them engaged, it has stood the test of time. It has been adopted by everybody else because they saw value in it. Right. Right. So, like I said. If something organic happens and a lot of people see value in it, I don't see why not. But that is only for time to determine whether something lasts or not. So for me personally, um, I see a lot of value in the existing format with my own take on it here or there. Minor changes. And I can't even say changes. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, on a particular day, whatever I feel suits my mood and suits and what I think may go well with, with my Rasikas mm. that is what I adopt but more or less it will be what uh, the same so called formula I am not a huge fan of the word formula but it will be uh, pretty pretty close to that structure let's say yeah
0: okay and how do you work on expanding your repertoire of songs do you look to do you look to newer compositions that, have, that are being written do you stick largely to uh, older ones
1: see my firm opinion is that the compositions of the trinity mm. have first of all in my opinion they are completely uh, above any explanation above any justification above any standard they are the gold standard right. for compositions I should also say above any analysis so and and the composers that have come after them the the lyrics that have been set to tune the lyrics of composers before them starting from the Nayanmars Arvars all those Great Saints, Das, Dasa, all, the, the the kind of uh, the music that has been imposed on those lyrics, both that and the compositions that have come after the Trinity and that have come after the Trinity has all been inspired by the Trinity. Right. Both the music that has been set to lyrics and the compositions with both Sahitya and Sangeeta has all been inspired by the Trinity. Hmm. So that standard is what has been adhered to. So that is completely an independent topic from the subject of compositions and, you know, modern compositions, you know, not necessarily talking about uh, the godhead or whatever. Yeah. Right? I think that is that is what is usually referred to when we are talking about modern compositions with the...
0: Yeah, perhaps thematically different compositions.
1: With a different uh, Yeah. theme. Right. Right? Mm. Uh, so, my opinion is that any composition about any subject... I think I recently said this in another interview. It would be my greatest privilege to sing any composition about any subject written by anybody if it matches the kind of the the standards set by those great composers in terms of both lyric and music.
0: Okay. And do you do that? Do you sing compositions written by... Of
1: course, of, by...
0: By you know, what, what
1: whatever whatever yeah. you know I uh, you know, um, not to say that I'm some kind of expert or on some 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 kind of like uh, authority on 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 matters such as such as these, mm. but seeing that you know my my personal uh, you know standard for greatness is the Trinity. Anything that I feel moves me the same way that. Or in a similar way, I should not say same. Because as I said, there is no comparison for what what the Trinity has done. But anything that moves me in a similar way, I would love to sing.
0: Um, I've heard you speak otherwise about how you would love to interact with audiences who are outside. um, Yes, yes, yes. Maybe not from the mainstream Carnatic music listening audiences. Yes. And I think that interview was a few years back. How is... How has it progressed since then? Do you, in your travels, even here, do you find that audiences are changing? Are you interacting with different kinds of people?
1: I I don't think I can say that on the whole. Like mm. in general, I've, i I don't think I can say that I've interacted with you know many different types of people. I don't think I can fairly say that. Yeah. Uh, because even a few years ago when I said that, I felt that that experience has to happen organically. I can't seek it out. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You know because I am singing at X Y place. Only people who want to come and listen will come and listen. I can't like, I can't like, you know, just, you know, force people outside of the, uh, you know, the, the usual listening sphere to come and listen to my concert and be like, I want you at this concert because I want you to, you know, see that I'm presenting this, this thing that is probably new to you. And I want you to realize the value of what I do. I can't, you know, impose this on anybody. If people outside the listening sphere intrinsically take an interest in me and my art and listen, I'll be overjoyed. Hmm. But there is not something I can aspire to or I can force or uh, insist on anyone. You know what I mean? Like as much as I, I would want something, I can't make it happen. Mm, you understand? Mm, mm, mm,
0: mm. There's a very interesting theme developing here where you're... I think you've come to the realization that you can't sort of force change. Nothing.
1: In this yeah, thing. no. You what just have to you... you just have to keep doing what you do Right. and hope that what you do, you know, interests a lot of people.
0: Right, right. I'm just curious to know, did you always feel this way or was there at some point earlier in your career this kind of pressure to break the mold? I think,
1: and... I think everything comes with time. Right. Um, the I mean, the, I think the most important thing that I've that I've grappled with and I've come to terms with is that you can't force anything on anybody. Hmm. It's important to just focus on what you, can, what you can do. Right. And focus on uh Basically, it boils down to your effort. That's it. That's all you really have control over, you know. So, uh, yes, while, while my opinion about, you know, interacting with, you know, people who are not into the mainstream Carnatic scene is still true, I would, because I think the art form in itself inherently has enough to appeal to a wide range of people, mm. you know, uh, because of its emotional uh, content. Okay. So ultimately, it's just a reflection, as I said, of our emotions, right? You know, the myriad hues of emotions that we, as individuals, experience in our lives. It is just an expression of that. Uh, saying that, I don't think that anybody needs to be, you know, in tune with with the art form or the, so, the the social aspect of the art form or know the technicalities to enjoy music. I think anybody can enjoy the music.
0: Right. So you don't you don't find that. Many people, I'm sure you heard this a lot, many people, because you're a young person, many people must be telling you things like, you know, Carnatic music is very difficult to listen to or...
1: Actually, I have not heard that much at all. That's just my experience, I have not heard that at all. Maybe some people don't want to tell me that to my face, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But uh, what I meant to say, what I was thinking about when you actually first asked me this question is, despite not not being able to fairly say that I've interacted with, you know, Many groups of people who are very different. I can say that the most striking moments have been when somebody, you know, like a one-off or a couple of instances or a few instances in which people say that I've never listened to a Carnatic music concert before but I was able to stay for the entire two and a half hours and three, and three hours or whatever right. and I enjoyed your performance. That has been very, very, very heartwarming for me and it has made me feel like I do something that, uh, you know, matters. That, you know, that for th- whatever whatever duration that you know my performance is i made someone feel good so
0: right okay let's uh, sort of look ahead now and talk about what are your upcoming projects are you doing any interesting collaborations do you think collaborations are important
1: um i think it's up to the individual what they what he or she thinks is uh, you know important for them mm. um for me uh, you know collaborating is a different way to um get to know more about myself actually because okay. as you interact with more people and interact with their art and see how you can maybe like find a common commonality and find a bridge it teaches me a lot about myself and in that vein I've had the pleasure of um, collaborating with great artists mm. uh, recently I did uh, a collaboration with the 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 great violin artist Charum Uh we have I mean of course we have performed together many times before as, you know, vocal and violin accompaniment. But in this, uh, it's actually the second time that we we did this. uh, We kind of, we tried to present a musical experience in which we were sharing and collaborating rather than, you know, one being the initiator and the other one being the response. Okay. That was a very, very interesting, uh, you know, project for me. Similarly, I have, in fact, tomorrow my concert is a collaboration with... Uh, the Veena prodigy Ramana Balachandran Okay That is also the second time We're doing it And we're scheduled to Perform again sometime in April uh, Again uh, Kind of We want to make sure That it's not something like Of an in, You know Somebody does the initiating And somebody does the responding We want to share And Kind of uh, You know Produce a wholesome musical experience With every Everyone Everyone as a unit okay ultimately even in, in in a normal concert setup also that is actually the ideal mm. you know to function as one unit rather than one person doing this and the other person doing that but this is a more uh, focused attempt at doing that okay rather than rather than looking at roles right. you know what i mean so that is something i have done as i mentioned earlier i have collaborated with a painter by the name of vinay varanasi
0: yeah i was going to ask you about that what's that was very that.
1: interesting very interesting um as I said, his inspiration for all his paintings for compositions. Now, if you look at it from a literal point of view, he has visually incorporated the actual literal details of the composition, like like the meaning of a composition. You know, with all the metaphors and uh, you know the descriptions of whatever the subject is of that composition. He has painted it, right? I, I think that that because you know, usually most of these compositions are about godheads. Yeah. So that on a, on a literal level. It makes sense that you know if, uh, like, let, let me try to give you an example. Uh, there is a song called "Shri vishwanatham Bhajaham which is a Raga Malika of 14 Raga's. Okay. And in that the second line of the song it says "Chaturdasha Bhuvanar Rupa Raga Malika bharanantak Karanam. Okay. So that means Lord Shiva wears the 14 worlds as a beautiful necklace around him. Right. And each one of the be- the, the 14 uh, beaded necklace so to speak representing the 14 worlds is in the form of a beautiful raga that is Chaturdasha Bhuvana Rupa Raga Malika Raga Malika Abharana Raga Malika Abharana Antakharanam that is kind of I guess I'm, I may not be doing a great job of the literal translation okay. but roughly that is what it translates to you can see how you can visually represent yeah, this it's yeah. Shiva wearing a necklace Yeah, but he says he can't do the painting unless he hears the music. so that is something that we try to explore. you know we for, first of all, we know we we, we uh, took a look at his paintings, which compositions inspired them, sang the compositions. but at the end, we actually did one piece in which I was singing, and he did the painting on the spot.
0: So how, did, how is this represented on video?
1: Uh, yes, there's actually a video on YouTube of our performance. Okay. Yeah, so he had like a slideshow of his... uh... Can you
0: do this live?
1: We did it live. Oh, you did it live. We did it live. Yeah, we did it live. It was a live performance, which has been captured on video, and uh, it's on YouTube. Okay, that's fascinating. Yeah. It was a very interesting experience. I
0: know that you think very intensely about music. Music is a huge part of your life. What are some of your interests outside music? How do you unwind?
1: Uh... (laughs) so off late uh, you I, know know, I,
0: I know that's i know that's probably the wrong question to ask you in december the height of the no, music no it's okay season. actually and it's a very big be... part of my life in december
1: <laughs> because yeah. i need to unwind that much yeah <laughs> uh, so off late um, so when i was growing up i think when i was 10 9 9 or 10 uh, my dad bought me this uh, video game oh it's called nintendo 64 that is right. that was the thing in Nineteen ninety six when it came out. I think even
0: I had one. Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, so I used to play this. I mean, I liked all the games, like Mario and then Donkey Kong. I I liked all those games. There's also a game called Kobe Bryant NBA Courtside. Oh. I'm a huge basketball fan, by the way. I should okay. say. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> recently, in the past few years, I've I've gotten to know that there's there's a way you can play that that system on your laptop. Or oh. on your phone. Okay. Uh, it's called an emulator. So I downloaded that, and I downloaded these games too in in uh, in a certain format that you need to play it. And I play it. I play the same games that I, I was playing when I was nine and ten. Wow. Okay. And uh, it is such an amazing way to relax for me.
0: Okay. Do you yeah. do you do this in between concerts? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And after concerts. Okay. Because like, I can just, I, I literally don't have to think about anything. Right. I'm just blindly looking <laughs> at my screen and playing a stupid game. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but just to, I mean, I'm a huge basketball fan. Okay. A huge basketball fan. I grew up rooting for the LA Lakers. And uh, I still follow, follow very closely. I follow the NBA very closely. Not cricket? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> I mean, I was living with my grandparents still yeah, very recently, yeah, right? Uh, and my Tata was, my Tata is a huge fan, my grandfather. Uh, so I used to, you know, catch a bit, you know, when he was watching. But other than that, I don't really follow too much on my own. Uh, but yeah, thanks to like streaming services and stuff, I can like watch any game I want. Ramakrishnan Murthy, thank you for joining us. <laughs>